Name Taken Podcast. Welcome to episode four. I am your host, Michael Marshall. Each week, I interview and celebrate the unique stories and shared Michael Marshall experiences of another Michael Marshall somewhere else in the world. Are you staying somewhere fancy on the East Coast of the United States? Chances are it's managed, staffed, promoted everything by Marshall Hotels and Resorts, run by none other than CEO Mike Marshall. I actually managed to track him down on LinkedIn, uh, where I've had way more luck tracking down Michael Marshalls than on Instagram or Twitter. You know, Instagram Michael Marshalls in particular have been pretty elusive. Anyway, among all the Michael Marshalls I've connected with so far, Mike has experienced some of the funniest Michael Marshall mix-ups that I've heard. Mike has actually directly known not just one, but two other Michael Marshalls. Unsurprisingly, Mike and I spent a lot of time talking about the hotel and hospitality industry under COVID. This was undoubtedly a crisis that affected his business in a unique way. If anyone has a finger on the pulse of America's pandemic recovery, it's likely someone whose entire industry and livelihood depends on human movement. So whether you're waiting for mass vaccine rollout in the coming weeks, or you're an undergraduate in the year 2060, and you're writing an honors thesis about Michael Marshall's of the pandemic, and you're listening to this podcast in a holographic Library of Congress, or in the jungle ruins of the actual Library of Congress, you're going to find this Mike Marshall's perspective on COVID and the economy as distinctly reflective of our moment. So without further ado, hotelier Mike Marshall. Okay, uh, Mike Marshall, thank you for joining me. Glad to be here. Um, so tell everyone a little bit about what Mike Marshall or Michael Marshall you are. So I definitely go by Mike. Uh, unless I'm in trouble at home, then it's certainly Michael. I'm, nice. I, I would you. imagine that's quite prevalent. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm 56 years old. I've uh, been lived most of my life in the state of Maryland. I'm currently my office in Salisbury, Maryland. I live in Ocean City, Maryland. Um, I am a hotelier. Or, or more specifically, I own a hotel management company. We do third-party hotel management. We currently manage about 70 hotels from Florida to Vermont out to Texas. So I think we're in 17 or 18 states currently. Uh, it's certainly the hotel business has been whacked the last year, uh, to put it mildly. And you know, we're just fighting through. This is my fourth e economic downturn as far as the hotel real estate is concerned. So, you know, we, we know we'll get through it. We've, we've been been through these before and look forward to uh, actually I'm looking at this as a, a positive step to grow the company as we come out of this, because there are going to be quite a few opportunities for us. Uh, I have three kids. They're all graduated from college. They're out of the house. They're, I would say they're off my payroll, but two are currently working for me, Okay. So working for the company. So they're not quite off the payroll, but. But they're doing something. Yeah, they're doing something. And that's really my story, I guess. Cool. I like I like all that. Let's go back and talk a little bit more about the Marshall Hotel and Resorts. Okay. Um, so that is an organization that started with your 
your father. Is that my correct? I started at the company in 1980, so we just celebrated our 40th anniversary. What's your history with that group? How did you rise up? When did you take the reins? So you're the CEO right now, right? Yes. So, I mean, I started working at the age of 15 as a dishwasher in a local Holiday Inn. So I've been with the company off and on since inception. But I came back to work full time for the company in 1988 hmm. uh, after I'd gone out and worked in Washington, D.C. for another hotel, pretty much just to prove to myself that I could do the work and also prove to other people in the company that I could do it. I was a history major in college, so I didn't really have, I kind of majored in getting out in four years. So. Sure. I only had to go to summer school once, but it, uh, you know, it's just something I grew up in and I've been in it all my life and I'm fairly good at it. My, I bought my father out in 2012. So I, even before that, my father was the kind of guy that always wanted to have control over everything. So we only would have 12 to 15 hotels at a time. And I've grown it to, like I said, 70 hotels now. So we've, we've, we've been through a, you know, and it, it, it's a me- it was a measured growth. I mean, when I first mm-hmm. became president of the company when I was 35, so that was 20, over 20 years ago, I quickly grew us from 12 hotels to 29. And we, were, we weren't ready for it. We just didn't have the processes in place. And we kind of had to step back and punt and start over again. Uh, but, it, you know, like everything in life, you learn from things. And and if you're learning properly, then you get better at what you're doing. And that's what you know, a lot of it is really about surrounding yourself with good people. Certainly. So that, you know, because I, I, I just can't do everything. So I've got a good team. Uh, I've been fortunate during this this uh, last year that I didn't have to furlough or lay anybody off. I, I kept everybody going. Uh, certainly the PPP money has helped. Sure. But uh, again, I recognize this as a blip in the radar and that we will will be stronger because of it. And, you know, certainly our clients who, and again, we don't own any of the hotels. We just, we're completely a third-party management company, but we've kept our clients very informed and aware of what's going on and helped them through the process. And as of yet, we, we haven't had any hotels go belly up, but that's eh, probably going to happen. Well, that I mean, that's it's interesting you say that. I think we're we're talking under very different circumstances now than we might have been six months ago. I feel like this could be time for optimism for all of us, and perhaps for the hotel industry. Do you feel like there's a change in the mood in the hotel industry because vaccines are rolling out and and cases are in decline? So it's interesting that again we're in, in a lot of different markets. So the the markets where government have been most intrusive are the ones that are still doing very, very poorly. I don't see them coming back anytime soon. I mean, I've got, I've hotels in Manhattan, you know, we're doing 10% of the business that we did this time last year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nobody wants to go there. Nobody, I mean, you, you don't feel safe. You, you don't want to get on a subway. You're going to get pushed off into the third rail. I mean, it's just the, between the governor and the mayor, it's just absolutely insane in Manhattan. So business people aren't going there. Tourists are not going there. At least sure. in 2008, when we had the big you know, downturn there, even though businesses stopped traveling, a lot of tourists from around the country started going to Manhattan because it became affordable for them. Mm-hmm. It was like it was something that was on their bucket list. 
you still had theater to go to, you still had the shopping, hotel rooms were were really cheap because we we didn't have the, the corporate compliance. Now there's no reason to go to New York. I mean you can't even get into a restaurant, let alone do anything else. And but at the same time, you go to the state of Florida, the hotels are doing great, you know. It's except in the Orlando area because there's still a lot of um, requirements on how many people can get into the parks. So with Disney and Universal still having the issues, there's not Orlando's not doing as well. But the rest of the state cranking, the rates are up, occupancy's there. Uh, you have hotels along the coast that are up and down the east coast that have done well. Um, mm-hmm. People are traveling and people are going to travel. It's the business traveler. It's that fly-in market, that that market where, you know, in 2019, we had 100 million nights of Chinese travelers in this country. Now, they didn't all stay in hotels, they didn't, but when they would come, they would come for a month at a time. Right. And that's going to be a long time before you get that airlift back, before uh, you get that kind of travel, that international travel back. One thing that, actually really stuck out to me when I was uh, creeping on your site and your your bio and is I think a few times, maybe a couple times I saw your background with hotels described or with your company as you grew up in the company. And I think you just described it to me a few minutes ago too, as you, you grew up in it. What is it like growing up in a company where your name is everywhere? And what is it like taking over that company that's already got your name on it? Well, there's certainly an immense sense of responsibility that you're doing the right thing, that you're being fair, you're being ethical, that um, you know you're just not out there trying to rip people off. So, could we charge more for our services? Probably, but do I want to be fair with everybody that we do business with? Absolutely. Do I want to give them the best I can give them? Absolutely. Do I take on projects? Just for the sake of taking them on? No. I, I you know, the, the one thing that I've discovered, especially over the last 10 or 15 years, is that I can be a lot more particular about projects that I work on. And a lot of that has to do with personalities of owners, whether people are being honest with me. There was a time when we would just get hired and the owner was like, oh, yeah, we got plenty of money in the bank. But then we go and we find out they got $250,000 in accounts payable. And they don't mm-hmm. got money to pay it. So they really hired us so that all the collection calls would come to my office instead of go to the owner. So yeah, I, I, I really spend a lot more time ferreting out who I'm going to do business with. And you know, we, we have a very strong track record of being successful. But you know, there are some hotels that, I mean, Jesus Christ himself can't fix. I mean, it's just, they're functionally obsolete. They're, they're in a bad part of the city. They're, I mean, there's just some things that, you know they're better off being torn down and having a, you know, a Lowe's or a Walmart put on the site. So we certainly, I certainly look at all that. And there's, you know, I tell my clients right now who are looking to buy hotels, I'm like, don't buy anything in the Northeast. People and companies are getting the hell out of Dodge. I mean, let's let's look at Charlotte, Atlanta, Orlando, uh, South anything in South Carolina. I mean, Nashville is booming. I, mean, I think Birmingham will be upcoming soon. Yeah. Everybody's moving from California to Texas or Florida to get away from, from the insane taxes. Right. And the same thing's happening in, in New York. I mean, COVID has actually amplified that even more. But when people 
can move to Maryland where I live and, you know, I've got a you know decent sized house. I'm paying $4,000 a year in property taxes. That same person in New Jersey is paying 30000 a year in property taxes. I have a handful of different sort of our name related questions. Mm-hmm. My first being just sort of generally, uh, what did you think when I reached out to you about this project? That was interesting. I, rem- I know that growing up in Salisbury, Maryland, a small community, there were at least two other Michael Marshalls that I know. One was a head of the union for the Campbell's Soup Company. So I used to call from the newspaper every, whenever there was a strike. And, and the other one was in the uh, retail retail floral business. So he grew plants that he sold to different all the way around. And wow. the funny story there is one day um, we're at a celebrity, uh, or not a celebrity, I mean, it's a fundraiser for one of the charity events that go on in town. And they had the, you, you know, the bidding sign-up thing. So there's a piece of uh, jewelry that I kept seeing the name Michael Marshall put on it. Okay. Like, My wife does not need that. It was ugly to begin with. So I kept scratching the name out only to find out later. If there was another Michael Marshall in the room that was signing, <laughs> signing his name. He's going to buy for his wife. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. I mean, how, um, I definitely have my own feelings about this, but how does um, encountering so many people with our name change the way that you think about yourself? Are you competing? No. I mean, so there, and there's, there's another Michael Marshall that I know who mm-hmm. was the restaurant manager for a hotel owner that I worked for. So I used to get his email because he, the owner would just I've send gotten other out. one's emails too, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, and I sat down with him one time. He was very. He was not one of the brighter Michael Marshalls that I ever met. That's a shame. Yeah, there. It, that kind of brings me to another question I have too, because I mean, our name is common enough that there are enough of us that there are many walks of life, many professions, and many political or ideological dispositions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been interesting to encounter other Michael Marshalls who have a wildly different or divergent perspective on like a particular topic something you know closely held i'm not trying to uh you know introduce any controversy right now um but is it does it feel weird when somebody else with your with your name is doing something different with it i i can i've never thought that way Mm -hmm. so i don't i've never spent enough time with another michael marshall to find out whether they wear a MAGA hat or not. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm really, I haven't considered that. So you mentioned, you mentioned getting that email and you've mentioned a number of different little stories. Um, but do you think that there are any moments in your or my life where only another Mike or Michael Marshall will understand? Deep question. Big, uh, big, I know. I would have to say I, I, I doubt it, again, because mm-hmm. you've already mentioned how many divergent ways of life that people with our name live. Right. So, you know, it's not like we're all going to get together and start our own political party. That wouldn't be a bad idea, but I, I, I don't think we can hurt that many cats. I think we could get more traction than Kanye. I do. I think, I think, I think you're right. They, yeah. He just has a lot more money than we do. He does, but I really feel like 
the Michael Marshalls of America are like a truly invisible and underrepresented demographic. I mean, just getting all of us together voting, I think would probably outweigh both Kanye's like wallet and his notoriety. You know, we'd be we'd be sleeper cell. We'd be we'd be dark horses. Yeah. There's it's funny you'd say that there is another Mike Marshall I, I spoke to a few weeks ago in Oregon who suggested that we should all do a roundtable at some point and uh, vote. Are we going to put out a manifesto? We should. We could totally put out a manifesto. That's a great idea. I'm going to remember that one uh, for like a slow week. So I've spoken to uh, author Mike, Michael Marshall Smith. He and I were kind of ruminating on the possibility that the reason why I'm reaching out um, about this podcast is because we were all kind of preordained by the universe to find each other and um, do some kind of Avengers type stuff. So on a scale of one to 10, how mystical do you feel right now? You know, I don't feel mystical at all. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, no one's, no one's really felt very mystical. It's okay. I have one more big question here. And it's that as a micro Michael Marshall, it is really easy just to feel like a Mike Marshall and you you know, mentioned a few a few different times of not being even the only Mike Marshall in the room. In the hotel industry, are you the Mike Marshall? I believe that I am. And is that because you are the exclusive Mike Marshall to hotels, or is that because you are the best one? I would say that's a combination of the two. Okay. But I am definitely the, I would be the most well-known Mike Marshall in the hotel industry. Okay. Again, because I, I'm selling Marshall Hotels and Resorts, and I got to get a lot of people to buy it in order to right. be able to, to afford a certain level of lifetime. Right. Cool. All right, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Sure thing. My pleasure. Cheers. Thanks to Mike Marshall for joining the ranks of many great Michael Marshalls who have or will appear on this podcast. If you're looking to travel domestically after your vaccines, do consider staying in a Mike Marshall managed hotel. And also thanks to Miles Kalchik for my intro and outro jams. Next week, I actually have a special treat. Uh, my first historical Mike Marshall episode. I explore, seriously, I explore the absolutely wild and fascinating origin of the hacky sack. It was invented by a Mike Marshall. I mean, come on. Do you believe in miracles? So that's it for this episode. If you or someone you know is a Michael Marshall, or if you just have a common name, reach out and share your story. Thanks.